From the book of Revelation, chapter 6. And I beheld, when he opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casts her untimely figs, when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And that heaven departed as a scroll, when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of its place. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man, hid themselves in the dens, and the rocks of the mountains. And said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? Greetings, friends, and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives, and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. Today we are resuming our study in the prophet Isaiah. We're ready for chapter 34 and 35. Chapter 34, it's only 17 verses, but it deals with the end of days and the judgment upon the nations of the earth. And in chapter 35, again, a short chapter, it deals with kingdom blessing and the regathering of Israel. There's some language used here in Isaiah that's very, very familiar to those of you who've studied the book of Revelation. I opened the show with the last few verses of Revelation chapter 6, and uh, you will see that connection. This is extremely important to us today. Extremely important. We are entering, and I say this every year, of course, but we are entering a very, very strange time in human history. But uh, this year, as I've mentioned before, the year 2024 has that feel about it to me personally. That something some mischief is on the horizon. God's people need to be awake and aware. I want to start, before I read Isaiah chapter 34, I'm going to read the first 14 verses of Second Peter chapter 3. We've read it a hundred times on this broadcast, so I'm not going to go into deep uh, detail and... Uh, commentary on it, but I want to use it as a backdrop to set the stage for Isaiah chapter 34 about what this world should look like before this time comes upon us. And as you will find, if you open up your hearts and you listen closely, this is the world you live in, the one that's being described by Peter. Then we're going to read Isaiah chapter 34. We'll stop to kind of make the connections with Revelation chapter 6. Open up your hearts this morning. Let's see what the Word of God has to say to us. Let's start by 
going to Second Peter chapter three, verse fourteen verses here. Here's what it says, King James Bible. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, and both which I stir up your pure minds by the way of remembrance that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. So Peter's opening up by saying, hey, remember what the prophets said, which we're going to be reading today, Isaiah, right? Verse 3, knowing this first additional come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Now we often focus on this passage and talk about how people, you'll say, Hey, I believe the coming of Messiah, the return of Jesus is on the horizon any day now. And what do people typically say? They'll say, oh, people have thought it was going to be the end times. Every generation thought it was going to be the end times, right? And that's true, and we focus on that. But the other part of it is that there's scoffers walking after their own lust who are saying this. And the reason that they're saying this is because many of them have been getting away with their atrocities for so long, and they've watched the world continue to descend into the depths of darkness that they themselves love because it gives them freedom to pursue their perversities. And they continue to get away with it. It continues to go in the direction that is in their favor for their desires. So they're like, whatever. Obviously, God's not going to do anything. There probably isn't a God. But y'all been saying that Jesus is coming back for generation after generation. Nothing's happened. Verse 5, For this they are willingly ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. You see, they're ignorant of the fact that, hey, there was a time when the world was this wicked and God flooded it and ended humanity, save eight people, Noah and his family. They're ignorant. The world has forgotten that God is willing to judge it as a whole. And so this is why they walk after their own lust and they scoff and they mock these ideas. They've completely... They've, we're, society as a whole, the world as a whole, humanity as a whole, is completely removed from the idea that God will actually do anything. All right, let me finish these last several verses of Peter, and then we'll dig into Isaiah here. So verse 7, But the heavens and the earth which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved and to fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Verse 8. 
Peter's making the point, the reason why this whole thing has seemed delayed for so long and the wicked have gotten away with their wickedness for so long and why we've gotten to the point where it's like, is this ever going to come to a head? Is this ever going to happen? Is because God has been so patient, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt up with a fervent heat, and the earth also, and the works that are therein are shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conversation and godliness? Peter's saying, in light of all of this, maybe you should consider what type of person you are, what manner that you walk Verse 12, looking for and hastening unto the coming day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt away the fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, our beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Peter's saying, you need to pay attention. And you need to be considering how you're living your life and how you're walking out your faith. This day's going to happen, and it's going to happen like a thief in the night. It's going to be unexpected. It's going to be a shock. I think it's important to note that when it does happen, the world knows who's doing it. Right? Because what happens? It says in the book of Revelation, it says, And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man, hid themselves in the dens of the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us. Why? To hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb, for his great day of the wrath has come, and who is able to stand? Now that we've got some backdrop... Let's read Isaiah chapter 34 and 35. King James Bible, open up your hearts. Let's begin. Verse 1. Come near, ye nations, to hear, and hearken, ye people. Let the earth hear, and all that is therein, the world, and all things that come forth of it. For the indignation of the Lord is upon all nations, and his fury upon all their armies. He hath utterly destroyed them. He hath delivered them to the slaughter. Their slain also shall be cast out, and their stink shall come up out of their carcasses, and the mountains shall be melted with their blood. And all the host of heaven shall be dissolved, and heaven shall be rolled together as a scroll, and all their hosts shall fall down as the leaf falleth from the vine, and as a falling fig from the fig tree. So please note, sounds pretty familiar to Revel- or, yeah, Revelation chapter 6, right? The stars of heaven fell like a fig tree, casts her untimely figs when she is shaken by a mighty wind. The heavens departed as a scroll and is rolled together, right? Same, exact same imagery here. Because we're dealing with the exact same time frame. This short chapter, 
of 17 verses in the book of Isaiah is dealing with the time frame that you read when you read Revelation chapter 6, which is the unleashing of the seals. Verse 5. For my sword shall be bathed in heaven. Behold, it shall come down upon Edema and upon the people of my curse to judgment. The sword of the Lord is filled with blood. It is made fat with fatness, and with the blood of lambs and goats, and with the fat of the kidneys of rams. For the Lord hath a sacrifice and Bozrah, Bozrah, and a great slaughter in the land of Adumia. And the unicorn shall come down with them, and the bullocks with the bulls, and their land shall be soaked with blood, and their dust made fat with fatness. For it is a day of the Lord's vengeance, and the year of recompenses for the controversy of Zion. And the streams thereof shall be turned into pitch, and the dust thereof into brimstone, and the land thereof shall become burning pitch. I think it's important to note that this judgment surrounds controversy as it deals with Israel. Right? says, verse 8, For it is the day of the Lord's vengeance and the year of recompense for the controversy of Zion. Verse 9, And the streams thereof shall be turned into pitch, and the dust thereof into brimstone, and the land thereof shall become burning pitch. Verse 10, It shall not be quenched night nor day. The smoke thereof shall go up forever from generation to generation, it shall lie waste, none shall pass through it forever and ever. But the cormorant and the bittern shall possess it, the owl also and the raven shall dwell in it, and shall stretch out upon it, and the line of confusion and the stone of emptiness. They shall call the nobles thereof to the kingdom, but none shall be there, and all her princes shall be nothing. And thorns shall come up in her places, and needles, and brambles, in the fortress thereof, and it shall be an inhabitation of dragons, and a court for owls. The wild beast of the desert shall also meet with the wild beast of the island, and the satire shall cry to his fellow, the screech owl shall also rest there, and find herself a place of rest. It's making the point that these places will be so utterly destroyed and, and humanity destroyed out of it that it'll be a resting place for owls, even mystical creatures like dragons. Thus speaks of unicorns. Some of you may think it's all nonsense and symbolism. I happen to believe these creatures probably exist somewhere in the world. But that's for a whole other conversation. Three more verses, and then we'll get to chapter 35. There shall the great owl make her nest and lay and hatch and gather under her shadow. There shall be vultures also be gathering, gathered, every one with her mate. Seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read. No one of these shall fail. None shall want her mate, for my mouth hath commanded and his spirit it hath gathered them. What's being said here is that 
The word of God has said this is going to happen, which means it is going to happen. Verse 17, last verse of chapter 34, And he hath cast the lot for them, and his hand hath divided it unto them by line. They shall possess it forever from generation to generation. Shall they dwell therein? Chapter 35, 10 verses here, dealing with the kingdom blessing and the regathering of of Israel. The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice, and the blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with the joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it, the excellency of Carmel and Sharon, and they shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. Even God, with a recompense, he will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as in a heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out, and streams in the desert. And the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water, and the habitation of dragons, where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes. And a highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. And the unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not to be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return. And come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness. And sorrow and sighing shall flee away. My friends, that is our study in the book of Isaiah this morning. I pray it's been a blessing and a strength to you. There's coming a great day of vengeance and wrath like the world has never seen. But for the redeemed, there is hope. There is a joy and an eternal gladness to look forward to. It's going to be tougher and tougher to remain strong and to remain in the faith and remain faithful and to resist sin and all these things as we get closer and closer to this day. I don't need to tell you these things. You're likely experiencing it. You must keep your eyes on things above. And do not put your hope in what is transpiring down here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for those of you who pray for me and my family and pray for the podcast. I need it. The podcast needs it. We all need it. And to those of you who support it, thank you so much for making it happen year after year after year. This is going out to dozens of nations around the world. Many people are hearing the word of God as a result of this podcast. 
as a result of your generosity and kindness and your prayers. So thank you. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.